Welcome to another episode of the Jam Pack Report today for April the 2nd of 2021. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams, and this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you the hottest news you need to know from around the industry. Hosted on YouTube and podcast services around the world five days a week, it's your one-stop shop for everything you need to know. So if you enjoyed the show and you like what you see, hit that subscribe button and keep coming back for more. Yesterday was a huge day for E3 news because VGC reported that not only is the name of the event itself changing, it could potentially be, at least partially, behind a premium paid access wall. That statement has since been addressed by the ESA. However, instead of correcting VGC, I personally think that a decision was rather made on the fly. We'll talk about that more in a moment. Now, according to VGC sources and a document obtained by the outlet, the Electronic Entertainment Expo is now the Electronic Entertainment Experience, which will start the week of June 13th, bringing three days of content and a consumer experience available through an official E3 app. The report shares that NVIDIA is a potential technology partner, using GeForce Now to stream demos from a virtual show floor to players press or both around the world. But VGC sources also shared that the ESA was considering a roughly $35 paywall that provides a premium experience with extra access to exclusive content and demos themselves. Quote, E3 has always served as the gaming industry's uniting force, a moment each year where the best and brightest gather to release the latest announcements and game demos in support of not only their individual objectives, but to evangelize the entire industry, a pitch document sent to publishers and shared by VGC Reads. In 2021, E3 is much more. Welcome to the electronic entertainment experience. International, inclusive, innovative, irresistible, and in your hands wherever you live. E3 2021 is not an in-person event turned virtual, the pitch adds. E3 2021 is a vanguard and culturally significant digital tentpole for all corners of the industry and its consumers, from mobile and PC gaming to esports to watershed console and AAA debuts, all of which will generate massive mainstream attention, offer unprecedented secure game demos while accelerating your B2B, B2M, and B2C objectives." End quote. After this story came out, there was a flurry of backlash on social media from people around the idea of a paid E3 event, because quite frankly, demos are nice, but demos should be free to everybody because it's free marketing material. You literally get to play the game and decide if you want to buy it or not. And if you're proud of the game that you're putting out, then the demo itself should essentially sell the game. But people were very disappointed. The ESA replied very, very quickly, both through the official E3 Twitter account and directly to VGC. The ESA responded to the outlet saying, quote, I can confirm on behalf of the ESA that there will be no elements at E3 2021 that will be behind a paid for pass or paywall. The official E3 Twitter account shared, quote, E3's 2021 digital show is a free event for all attendees. We are excited to fill you in on all of the real news for the event very soon, end quote. I want to point out here that Andy Robinson and the team at Video Games Chronicle made it very clear that this plan was still in the planning stages. This is something that was very up in the air, and they had already received negative feedback from those that are actually decision makers behind the scenes at the ESA and throughout the gaming industry that said a paid or premium paywall was a bad idea. So this is probably something that was already on its way out of the gate. But what I don't like is that the ESA turned around and made it seem like VGC was not reporting on the story accurately. Andy Robinson 
one of my favorite reporters in the industry, uh, made it very clear on Twitter by sharing the actual document itself that was obtained and showing the information that they were reporting on. There was, at some point, the idea, a pitch for a paywall. Make no mistake about it. And that would have been a huge mistake. And I said this on Twitter, and I'll say it again right here. E3 is an archaic relic of the past. After last year with the COVID-19 pandemic proving that we don't need any kind of big unifying gaming industry event, it's something that is just existing at this point. It's something that doesn't need to be there. It doesn't bring that same necessity as it did whenever it was a spinoff of the Consumer Electronics Show back in the early 2000s. We have an incredibly successful launch of two individual gaming consoles pushing into a new generation that did not have an E3 to bolster the reveals and the releases. That's impressive and that speaks volumes. Let's make that very clear. When it comes to E3 2021, how do I see this year's event going? It's probably going to be very similar to the Summer Game Fest situation. I hope to see it return to somewhat of a unifying event, because I think that is the value that E3 is going to bring in the years ahead. Instead of having all these individual industry events, even if E3 itself isn't the pinnacle peak week of of gaming that it once was, I want it to be the pinnacle peak week that other people can make announcements around. I want E3 to be a symbol of the week in which you begin to make huge announcements because this whole giant summer of content, this whole giant summer of announcements is not only overwhelming, but it takes away from the poignancy, the the power of having this giant week packed full of news. And I think that's something that I personally miss and that I would like to see a digital event even uh, brought back uh, or bring back. So I'm looking forward to seeing how the ESA works and creates E3 2021. But number one, paywall, horrible idea. Number two, uh, not really liking the optics on how they're replying to the story that's reporting on their information. Because again, they're just outing a bad decision you guys were about to make. But at the same time, it's our duty to share with you guys uh, what is going on. And so that is the situation as it stands currently. Some huge news coming out this morning. MLB The Show 21 is coming to Xbox Game Pass on day one. This comes from Jamie Leachy. I believe I said that name correctly. MLB Senior Vice President of Games and Virtual Reality. Quote, with another thrilling opening day in the books, Major League Baseball fans around the world were treated to all the nail biters, dingers, and bat flips they could handle when teams took to the field to kick off the 2021 season. But if you thought that was all the big news we're bringing you this week, you'd be wrong. We are delighted to announce that MLB The Show 21 is coming to Xbox Game Pass on day one and will be available on April 20th for Xbox Series X and S and Xbox One, as well as on Android phones and tablets via Xbox Cloud Gaming for Ultimate members. Both MLB The Show 21, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X and S Standard Editions will be included with Xbox Game Pass, so members will be able to play the best version of the game regardless of which console they are on. And with cross-platform play and progress, you can play against others online and earn and use content across the platform and generation you choose. As we said from the beginning, this is an incredible moment for all of us, and bringing the franchise to more players and baseball fans is something that we at MLB, MLB Players Incorporated, and Xbox are all excited about. We cannot wait for Xbox fans to experience the fastest, deepest, and most intense moment-to-moment -moment baseball action yet. 
With pinpoint pitching, brand new fielding mechanics, and gameplay styles, Xbox gamers are in for a treat when MLB The Show 21 launches on April 20th. MLB The Show 21 rockets the franchise onto the next generation of video game consoles with a huge range of improvements, enhancements, and optimizations that make The Show the ultimate Major League Baseball experience. Thousands of new animations, revolutionary innovation on gameplay, and an all-new stadium creator let you own The Show like never before. MLB The Show 21 is available for pre-order now from the Microsoft Store or your local retailers and available with Xbox Game Pass on April the 20th. This is insane. This is one of PlayStation's biggest franchises. The fact that it was even coming to Xbox in and of itself is something that blew players' minds around the world. The fact that it's coming to Xbox Game Pass will immediately catapult this, I would say, to something that is comparable to its popularity in the PlayStation ecosystem. For baseball fans, this is a no-brainer. This is the baseball game. And I just have to say, RIP to uh, RBI Baseball 21, because that game is dead in the water, let me tell you. Why would you ever pay for that when you could play this masterpiece of, of baseball experiences? This is something that Microsoft is doing very, very well. You're getting one of PlayStation's biggest franchises on Game Pass, putting it into the hands of millions of subscribers around the world and bringing it to not only the last generation, but the next generation of consoles. That is competition right there. And I don't know how much they paid to make this happen, but boy, let me tell you, it was worth every penny just for the press coverage that this is going to get. I might dive into it, and I'm not even a huge baseball fan. This is not a game that I get on a yearly basis, but it's something that I might check out because it is on Game Pass, and that goes for a lot of games that come out and launch on Game Pass on day one. Outriders is a perfect example, but the fact that this is happening makes me so happy. So again, April 20th, Xbox Series X and S and Xbox One players with Game Pass Ultimate can get access to MLB The Show 21, and if you're not a subscriber, you can buy the game anyway if you are a fan but what a wild story to wake up to. Moving on, a new Virtual Fighter game has been unearthed via a ratings board listing. This is something that is related to the eSports title that was announced last year. According to Video Games Chronicle, as said last year, created as the world's first 3D fighting game in 1993, Virtual Fighter caused a huge sensation at the time and is still loved by fans. The game will restart as an eSports title initially in Japan. Project details will be announced from time to time, so please keep an eye out. That is, of course, from a statement that was put out in December during the financial results provided by Sega. And this new game is going to restart with a focus on competitive play for the franchise. So again, if you do want to check out the brief little teaser trailer, you can find it right here, 57 seconds or so. Uh, but Virtua Fighter is a game that is very near and dear to my heart. I'm a huge fan of it, and it's one that whenever I bought a PlayStation 3, uh, Virtua Fighter 5 was one that I put a pretty significant amount of time into. I'm a big fan of it, and I think that there is a spot for it if done properly. Uh, but I'm excited to see how Sega reuses this IP and brings some new life into it. But there is the official uh, filing right there. Again, it's titled Virtua Virtua Fighter Esports for PS4, and then it has uh, Virtual Fighter 5 Ultimate Showdown. So we will uh, see what happens with this one and keep an eye out soon. Uh, but once again, I do want to make it very clear that this is probably just a redone version of 2010's Virtual Fighter 5 Final Showdown. Seems to be kind of the, uh, you know, obvious move here. Uh, little investment, but 
large potential. People enjoyed Virtua Fighter 5. So I'll keep you in the loop on that one. But if you want to learn more, Andy Robinson at VGC has the full scoop. And finally, to round out today's show, a story that broke earlier in the week, but that I did want to report on here. ESO on console, of course, that is the Elder Scrolls Online, is getting next generation enhancements, bringing enhanced fidelity and performance to Tamriel. Launching with the Blackwood chapter and update 30 on June 8th, Console Enhanced allows ESO to run natively on the Xbox Series X and S and PlayStation 5, harnessing the horsepower of a new generation console tech to dramatically improve the game's visual fidelity and performance on those machines. All new ESO players can access Console Enhanced immediately upon purchasing, and for existing customers, it is available as a free upgrade. ESO Console Enhanced will be available for all console players, regardless as to whether they originally played on a previous generation console or not. All you need is the game and an Xbox Series X and S or PlayStation 5. Perfect. Love this. And on top of that, you get 60 FPS, increased draw distance, unlocked textures, updated anti-aliasing, improved reflections, and more. Just in general, a much more beautiful looking game. So it's nice to see these legacy games that still have a lot of life left in them get a new coat of paint. And it's something you can look forward to again dropping on June the 8th across all platforms. But that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. If you enjoyed today's show, drop me a like down below and let me know what you think about the E3 debacle. Do you think that they were actually planning a premium kind of event or do you think that is something that was inaccurately reported? Personally, I think it's a lot of the former, but let me know what you think in the comment section down below. Until Monday, you guys have a fantastic rest of your weekend. I'll talk to you soon and peace.